Oh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Dear friends, as you know, doubt are aware of my theme kind of through the summer is simply that ideas have consequences. It's kind of that, that whole concept that, you know, for every direction there is a final destination. When we're talking about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, especially, right, we could well come out and say, well, do your duty, couldn't we? We could maybe even lay on a, a little bit of guilt and we could say, you know what, after all that Jesus has done for you, what will you do for him? You see, then, then we, we, we kind of owe Jesus, right? We, we have to be out there. We have to be, to be working. After all Jesus has done for me, I, I owe him something, right? There, there's kind of a, a reciprocity that, that must take place if that's my idea, right? My ideas are going to have some kind of a consequence. Why am I in church? Why am I doing the Christian things? Why am I out there in the world telling other people about Jesus? What is the motivation? What is that, that foundation? Because, you know, we, we really, we grew up with both of those kinds of systems, didn't we? You know, for, for me, my, myself, you know, I, I joined the Cub Scouts, you know. And I, I took my, my oath to do my duty to God and my country to help other people and obey the law of the pact. A pretty simple oath. And then later on, when I joined the United States military, I, I took an oath to uphold and defend the Constitution of the United States against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Right, and as a, a member of the armed forces, you know, that, that idea of duty was often stressed. You know, that you would go and do your duty. You would follow orders that, that were maybe difficult or uncomfortable. Right, you would have that, that sense of, you know, patriotism. Now, all, all of those things are, are good and all of those things have their place. But when it comes to our relationship with Jesus Christ, isn't it so easy to kind of fall back on those kinds of ideas? We come to the church from the armed forces and we think, well, I, I know what to do. I mean, be faithful to Christ. <laughs> Go out there and, and do my duty. Hard things come and I stand up straight and I salute. I square my shoulders. I march off to do my duty. It's easy to see how people can come to have that attitude, isn't it? And then, of course, in our modern day, with all the technology, we're exposed to the teachings of many other denominations. Right? It's so easy to 
do that kind of Christianity where I come and I say to myself, after all that Jesus has done for me, I owe him. And now I'm going to spend the rest of my life kind of trying to repay that debt. And I kind of maybe know in the back of my mind I can't quite get there. But after all that Jesus has done for me, I got to try to do the stuff. Right? Essentially, that becomes works righteousness, doesn't it? I'm trying to repay the debt every single day. I'm thinking to myself, Jesus opened the, the way to heaven for me. He did so much for me. I've got to pay him back, you see. But guess what? And I, I, I know that you know this after a lifetime of, of Lutheranism, right? You, you kind of have the concept, but, but maybe you've never come face to face with it. You can't pay Jesus back. Oh. And again, in our society, with, with our upbringing, we just kind of hate that idea, don't we? Because, you know, you were a, a little kid growing up and, and somebody did a, a favor for your dad and your dad turned to you and, and he said, maybe in private, he said, We've got to pay that back, see, because we earn our way, you see. We don't take charity, see. We have pride in ourselves. And, and again, you know, I'm not here to, to knock pride, especially today. But did you ever have a conversation with your own father that kind of went just like that? You know, we've got to pay it back again. We've got to stand on our own two feet, you see. And so again, you come to the church. And, and, and you say, I, I know how my world works and I know how my mom and dad raised me. And, you know, Jesus did something for me. I've got to do some stuff for him. And Jesus opened the, the way to heaven and that's a pretty huge thing. I better do some pretty huge things in my life. I, I better work pretty hard because I've got to pay it back. And I, I come here today to kind of knock that pillar out from under you as well, because we can't pay it back. No matter how hard we try, no matter that we work to the best of our ability, God has said we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. Even if you want to claim that you were like Job, that you lived to the age of, you know, 40 years. And God was standing up in the heavens and he was saying, Behold my servant, the person without sin. Guess what? Even Job eventually fell into sin, didn't he? 
he kind of began to complain to his friends, you know what, if God would just kind of come down here and meet me face to face, I'm sure we could work this out because obviously he doesn't know what's going on, right? And then God came and, and he corrected Job personally and he, you know, he told him to brace himself up like a man and answer the questions that God would now put before him. And, and Job finally had to admit, you know what? I said, I, even though I lived for, for 40 years in, in wealth and protection and things were perfect, and even though I lived for a time during suffering and hardship, and I still was able to do what was right, eventually it wore me down. And I, too, had to admit, everyone has sinned. Everyone has fallen short. And falling short just that one time means we can't make it on our own. We can't get into heaven under our own power. We need some kind of help. Now, you might be saying, well, well, what is the proper response then? If I'm not supposed to just square my shoulders and march off as a soldier going to war and say, I'm going to do my duty. And if I'm not supposed to consider all that Jesus has done for me and resolve that I'm going to do for him. What should the response be? And our text for today, it tells us that our response should be one of love, you see. Why do I want to do things for Jesus? It shouldn't be because of my duty. It shouldn't be because I owe him. It should be because I Love him. For that great love of my Lord and Savior, that is why I should be out telling other people about him. That is why I should even be contributing to the work of our church. That's why I should be showing up on Sunday morning. Not because the pastor said, you better be there. Not because my mom and dad said, this is a good habit to get into. Not because I, I owe Jesus, I'm going to pay him back by being present. And not because it's simply what I'm supposed to do. But rather, because of my love for him. Dear friends, it ought to be that love of Jesus that would drive us every single day. It ought to be that love of Jesus that would compel us to tell others about what he's done for us. It ought to be that wonderful love of Jesus the Christ that would help us to live our lives. Yet we look around our world today, we don't see that very often, do we? But in our gospel lesson for today, we saw it in full bloom, didn't we? 
For there was a, a particular community, right, in the ancient world going through a very difficult time. Maybe it was kind of like, like a, a time that we're experiencing here. Why, well, you know, first we, we had a plague and now, you know, a lot of our crops are failing. People are, are wondering where, where is the help going to come from? How are we maybe going to get through right, the, the coming year? And if the particular group of people that Paul is talking about within our, our text, you know, those people still wanted to help <laughs> others. And really, that can be the kind of most difficult part, can't it? You know, when you're completely healthy and you're making a good income and you have extra money and you're sitting there going, boy, I don't know what to do with all this extra money I have. It's pretty easy, right, to, to go to the phone book, to go to the internet, to look around and, and, and say, wow, you know, I, I could be giving $50 a month to some kind of organization. I, I wonder where I should do that, you know. And then you go down your, your list and you all oh, the you know St. Jude's Children's Hospital, right? That maybe came to mind. Or the, the Lutheran Aviation you know, Fellowship, you know, that, that flies missionaries around foreign lands. Maybe I'm gonna give some some money to them. Or I mean, you know, the, the, the church has, you know, some project and I, I can give some of that money to that, right? When, when you're healthy and things are going good and you have extra money in your bank account, how easy it is to give. For these folks, right, that they're poor, they're destitute, they're going through hard times, Right, An outside observer could easily look at their lives and say, I, I don't know where, where this is coming from. How do you have anything extra? How are you feeding your family? I, I don't know. And these people were coming forward and they were saying, you know what? There's people worse off than we are. And we want to help them. We want to help them to, to grow. We want to help them to be able to do the things they need to do. And the apostle, he looks upon the hearts of these people and he says, you know what? This is love. When everything is going good, it's pretty easy to try to look out for someone else a little bit, isn't it? But, you know, when you yourself are suffering, it makes it a lot more difficult doesn't it? You've kind of been there. Right? By the, by the time, you know, we, we've reached our, our mid-50s, right? That probably includes most of uh, uh, us here today on the, the lower level, at least. We've kind of gone through some of those times, right? Times of, you know, genuine suffering. And you look back on it and right, most of your thoughts, they turn inward, don't they? It's like, oh man, you know, all these things are happening. Oh, I, I have this, this this enemy out there that's you know persecuting me. Or, oh, I, I have this health uh, difficulty, and, and you know, I gotta you know take care of myself, and I, I need some you know me time. It's a big catchword in society today, isn't it? You know, I need some me time. I thought I was turn inward. 
And our Lord says, guess what? If you have love for others, even during those difficult times, it will be manifest. You will be able to show forth some fruit. And as that, that maybe that, that kind of send a, a, a little shiver down the back of your neck because, you know, you can kind of maybe remember some of those special people in your own life, right? There's a, a fine lady in my church over in North Dakota. Her name was Glenda Hommel. And Glenda Honnell had that, that kind of a spirit that I'm talking about here today. She was diagnosed with, with cancer, and it was kind of a fast-moving cancer, and they didn't feel like, you know, there was very much that, that could be done about that. You know, she was there at, at my Thanksgiving service that year, feeling a, a little bit under the weather, but not yet knowing what had happened, and, and she was gone by Christmas. And so, yeah, you know, she, she was in her, her 60s. Very active in the church, the head of the LWML, you know, very um, well, you know, popular in the community as one who, you know, did good things, helped people. And I, I can remember her, you know, being there in the, the hospital over the, the Christmas season and, and members of, of our church were going to, to see her to, you know, try to offer, you know, compassion or try to offer some empathy. And they would come back from her hospital room feeling uplifted themselves. Because in the midst of her pain and her suffering and, and the fast-growing cancer, she was able to ask how they were doing. See. People would come back from visiting her and, and even have tears in their eyes because she was such a great example of you know, faith under pressure. She never wavered in her Christian testimony. She always had a good word to speak, even in the midst of her great affliction. Something kind to offer. A word to uplift a downtrodden soul. Something able to bring people closer to Jesus. Now, seeing her everyday life, she, she was always kind of like that, but able to see her in the midst of great affliction, still continuing to bring Jesus to her friends and neighbors, that made an even greater impact. And dear friends, it's that kind of a love that we want to attain, isn't it? That I love my Lord and Savior so much that even though I'm laying in a hospital bed filled with cancer, facing my end, still I love him, you see. 
Because guess what? For a lot of people, that maybe is the breaking point, isn't it? You see, if I've done my duty for 40 years, I kind of expect a nice retirement package, perhaps, right? And if I've done what I think I needed to do to earn it, I deserve something pretty good at the end, don't I? A bonus, perhaps. And so if I've been earning it, and if I've been doing my duty, and now at the end of my life I get some cancer, and I'm laid low, I'm kind of maybe thinking to myself, God, you really let me down. God, where is that nice retirement package I was supposed to get? God, where are these golden years that you had promised for me if I did what was right? Lord, I have earned something better, you see. And I think if we ever get into that kind of situation, the, the Lord is probably just shaking his head. He's saying, I feel sorry, Fred. You can't earn it. And, and, and sorry, Sue, I mean, you, you just, you can't expect the big payout at the end. And you know what? You got to come all the way through the process again, don't you? Because you have to be able to acknowledge, I have sinned. I have fallen short. The things happening to me are just the things that happen to everybody in this world, you know? And Lord, you never promised that everything would be rose garden if I came and I followed you, but rather you did promise that you would go through it with me. Nothing happens to us, really, that is beyond what happens to anybody else, right? In this world, you will have trouble. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. That there's something better coming. That God himself would look down upon us in the midst of great sickness and great suffering. And he would say, I will go through it with you. I will hold your hand in the midst of it. I will be present myself at your bedside. I will be your rock when you need me. The God of the universe, he says that to us. He comes and he tells us, you know what? I knit you together in your mother's womb. And he says, if I notice even the little birds hopping upon the ground, how much more will I notice you? 
He says of us, you are my children. You are co-heirs with my son. I have created a place for you in the heavens. I will never leave you or forsake you. I'll be with you every single day. Dear friends, God loves you so very much. He loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die upon a cross. That your sins might be forgiven. That the way to heaven could be opened once again. That you would be able to have a place there by his side. Many of us have never had to face sacrificing one of our own children for any kind of endeavor. And yet the God of this universe sacrificed his son even for us while we were in sin. We thought about that. That 18-year-old boy or girl that was shaking their fist at the heavens and saying, God, I hate you. God sacrificed his son for that person. That person who for 30 years has lived in terrible immorality and sin and mocked God and even said, you know what? God would have taken me out of here if he didn't really want me doing these things. God sent his son for that person who mocked him and ridiculed him and lived in immorality. Dear friends, God loves you just the same. He loves you that much. And he comes to us and he says, you know what? I, I don't want your pity and I don't want your working and I don't want your duty all I want is your love in return. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen.